D20 questions. D20 questions. You can use our proficiency bonus. I am Zach, the celery of intellect devourers. I like it. Uh, my name is Law, the rebellious 90-year-old teenage high elf. <laughs> <laughs> like that. You got anything for us? Oh, God. I, I'm still trying to think of a penis joke from back like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one. Okay. Uh, with us today is Marshall Short, who puts the 2D in D20. Oh, shit. Ooh, See, mine makes me look like an asshole. This oh, is, no. Why does he get a good one? Only that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing that makes me look like an asshole here. But yeah, this is our first real episode of D20 Questions with our first guest. And with us today is Marshall Short. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Tell us what you do, what your deal is. Sweet. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for having me here. This is exciting. Um, really my first little podcast thing, so... Mm-hmm. I'm try to get nice and low here. And <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Ang- this isn't up. on yeah, NPR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and do your whole thing. All right, yeah. Um, Marshall Short, and uh, I um, do uh, Printable Heroes. I, I really should have thought about this more before I showed up on here. What's Printable Heroes? Printable yeah. Heroes. Uh, it is a uh, online resource where you can um, download paper miniatures print from home so if you need 20 goblins you can click print and you got 20 goblins and they're full color um, backs fronts so if i need 20 goblins for an evening and no questions asked i go to you yeah totally you need need some goblins like open the trench coat (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure i want that person to exist i love that guy that's me at like age 60 i I guarantee (laughs) yeah yeah That'd be fantastic. I think that's a good hobby to have. I mm-hmm. think it's just like supplying miniatures and just showing Absolutely. up and just like a trench you know. coat game store merchant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How would someone, if they wanted to, find printable heroes and send you the cash money to exchange for your beautiful artwork? Oh yeah. Um, so I have a uh, website, printableheroes.com, where you can access a catalog and download things for free. Um, but if you like what I do and want to support it and get some extra goodies, like uh, color variations, certain like art variations, or um, access to like cut files, if you got a cutting machine, you're all fancy, uh, then you can do so at uh, Patreon with uh, Printable Heroes on Patreon. And it is a super good deal. I'm mm-hmm. a $3 member, and the content I get is invaluable. Like, it's so good. I'm not a member because I don't use minis, and you will quickly find that out through the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Correcto. I think that's kind of going to be the theme of this episode, is mm-hmm. we're going to talk not just about minis, but I think just, like, interactive things in the game. Props, tools. big, miniature-focused totally. genre. Yeah, totally. 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 Let's totally again. Uh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, we have cool. uh, one question we're going to ask all of our guests yes. to begin each one. Um, so what was your first experience with tabletop role playing? Oh, man. This is a good one. This ah, is yes. good. All right. So I was going to a summer camp in Connecticut. I'm originally from Alaska mm-hmm. and going to summer camp. And They're I side by side. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Anyhow, I ended up in spending my summers in Connecticut. Um at a summer camp, and I drew this, like, wicked sick skull demon thing with demon wings, and, like, my bunk mate was like, hey, that'd make a great D&D monster, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, it's like this game where, you're, like, you fight goblins, and you go through forests and dungeons, and da-da-da-da-da, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, this summer camp has a thing that we do, like, an activity where they, like, have us run through it, and they do this, and I was like, in my mind, my little, like, 12-year-old mind, I'm like, you dress up in costumes, and they give you weapons, like, oh, the weapons <laughs> must be made out of foam so I don't hurt someone when I hit them with a battle axe, you know, and I was like, do, like, the camp counselors dress up as orcs and goblins, and we have to, like, fight them in the woods, and the guy's like, no, 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 it's all in your mind, I'm like, what the? 
fuck is this? This yeah. is stupid. Like, also, can I just say, like, yeah. it's great how everybody's first instinct to D and D is like, I don't know, dressing up like an idiot, or holy shit, I get to dress up like a wizard. Like, yeah. when did that start? Like, yeah. what made people think it was? Cos- it's 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 Tom Hanks and it's, his horrible movie, <laughs> Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, it was really just the way the kid was describing. It. He was describing it like it was real, you mm-hmm. know, like it was something that you know, it's like, oh yeah, you go down and you can be a rogue or a wizard. And the only thing in my mind that I could relate it to was you get to dress up dress, and be a rogue sure, or a wizard, right. you know, like. Halloween-esque. Yeah, exactly. Halloween. I mean, that's kind of where I think it all gets born for us is Halloween. Anyhow. Yeah. I love how it's definitely the intent of all parents who send their kids to summer camp to have them be involved in indoor activities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that your first experience with it was you drew something. That's and great. someone else pulled you into it because yeah. you're drawing because it's so on point with what you're doing now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all on point. I'm basically just reliving my, like, 12-year-old life now as a 36-year-old <laughs> man, you know, like, and just do the same things I wish I could have done then, now. Except know. a lot of your drawn miniatures would probably have, like, big spouting fire dicks and things like that. <laughs> sure, At least yeah. if you drew like me when you were 12. Yeah. Like, it was all, it was all dicks. <laughs> it was all just flaming dicks nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I, am I the only person who wasn't drawing flaming dicks as, as a teenager? Just I mean, me. I got really good at drawing dicks. You have to understand, it's just because I couldn't draw. Like, it has nothing to do with the dicks. <laughs> the I would desire have been, was there. It, was, it would have been there. It's all you were thinking about. I, it, you... it would have been infernal dongs as far as the eye could see if I had any talent for drawing. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had no. to learn how to code dicks. <laughs> I had to learn how to code my dicks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's one thing, like, when you're growing up drawing, it's like, well, at least anytime you can do a studio space, it's like you end up drawing just a lot of, like, ass. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you have a model there, and they're <laughs> stuck there, and, like, they will just pick a pose, and you'll be drawn for, like, an hour, and you'll look back at your sketch, and you get in, like, the zone. You're just drawing, oh, totally. you know, they new pose, drawing, drawing. <laughs> and then after an hour, you look, and you just got, like, it's page spots. after page of butts. Well, that's where like, all the shadows go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're, you're like, why, why is this model just mooning me for an hour and a half? Just this know? constant uh, assault uh, of hams. Yeah, well, yeah. you're also, like, censoring yourself, because you want to draw, like, the, the juicy, curvy parts so you can actually get like the foreshadowing and everything. Yeah. but like you don't want to be like I'm just not going to draw their dong and tits and nipples yeah, yeah. and stuff like they will see this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they can I'm walk by and look at all it. of my I'm just drawing Ken dolls here, you know yeah Oh my god! No, um, I also love the idea that maybe you sit down and the model's in front of you, and it's just it's asked to you, and you're like, "That's okay, that's okay." And she like decided to move to get a better angle, and she's like, "Actually, can you move a little bit?" Okay, and then it's yeah, asked right yeah, to you again. Yeah, it's like no. one of those paintings that eyes follow you. <laughs> <It's like laughs> the, the brown eye follows you everywhere you go. I do miss studio painting. I think there should be specifically D and D art. Yeah, model that'd studio be fun. Oh, yeah. where you draw them in like D and D poses. Yeah, and they get like swords and cool shit. props and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah except uh, when you when you're a model and you have to hold a sword for fucking forty five oh minutes. I know. Like, this sucks. I fucking hate this. <laughs> it does. Uh, so let's talk about theater of the mind versus <laughs> miniatures. Okay, all right. That's my first. It's a very broad question category intro. Okay. Um, so what are some of the pros and cons of both? Because we at the table here have kind of a very vast experience with all of these things as far as some of us are miniature fanatics, some sure. of us are theater of the mind fanatics, and we all love all of them, to be clear. Sure. But we, we live by a certain code. So, Zach, what's your take on theater of the mind? Like, why is it your, why, is, why is it so delicious? Well, okay, so I got to start by saying one of the biggest reasons I don't is money. I don't want to spend money. And that just sounds like a huge pain in my ass to put money into it. Side note, hobby. Like the idea that I I, I can't handle the idea of having like a pre-painted miniature come in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's going to bug me because it's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also, as we already established, completely artistically incompetent. And so inevitably everything would just be like varying shades of beige. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's just not going to work out. But okay, so the reason why I love theater of the mind specifically is because it kind of... 
it forces me not to think about things in terms of mechanics. I don't have to sit there and be like, okay, how far is this guy? Where is this relative to that? I can just do it. And then if I and then if it's a highly technical fight, then I can bring out like a couple of dice and be like, okay, this is just to give you a frame of reference. But it kind of like it forces me to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and it forces the players to think about it in in terms of their environment. All right, yeah, I feel like it also gives you like a little flexibility of the DM as far as placement because when you describe something, it just becomes real. But yeah. if you're looking at it at the board, there can be like some debate about like, well, how did he reach? quite like there because he's in this spot good i can't i can't handle mechanical discussions like i just can't it bugs the shit out of me when yeah. people just get into the nitty-gritty of who's placed where and why and it's, whether they can move through this square and just like fuck it's really you. easy to get lost in that like and i'm a big fan of miniatures i love them and i love the mechanics of them i, I love mm-hmm. that, that that challenge there too but at the same time there are moments where it's just like no take the minis off the board like this is theater of the mind guys let's get back into the narrative like, sure. like we're getting too lost in you know yeah I actually had a, I had an idea where like if if you if a fight goes on past five rounds where you just by default pull all the miniatures off the board and go cinematic you, you know have to like take a hockey stick and just slam <laughs> just, them yeah, off yeah. the table <laughs> <laughs> flip the table over all right we're going Dude. we're going cinematic we're going raw oh, we're going man. I, I like this idea I can go back to disposable heroes people are going to need to buy my or use my stuff <laughs> right. because they're going to break everything else gravity Damn. is much kinder to your product yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> no but yeah going no. in raw <laughs> <laughs> no and I. I definitely agree. I love miniatures and I love to utilize them on the board mm. because, you know, if even, I, I love theater of the mind too, though, it's very much half and half in my games. That's why I do like the skill challenges because it gives them a chance to do like a super active gaming experience without having to narrate where everyone is via miniatures. Ever since you introduced me to skill challenges, I've been using them in like every game. Yeah, everyone, I've stole those too. Those everyone who plays with them it. uses them. And it's not just like my thing. Like those were from like fourth edition. Mm-hmm. Obviously what I do is a a modification thereof, inspired by the DM Roberto from Critical Role. Big shout out to one of the very first D&D podcasts that I was ever introduced to. Probably one of the first, like really. I'm sure there was a yeah. But they were doing it a long time before Rack Inc. And it was a fourth edition podcast. It was pretty good. I love the D- DM Roberto. He taught me some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, skill challenges are great because it's a great way to have action without minis. Yeah. I, I love minis on the board it lets me like utilize my collection and it just like adds this level of like you look at the photos on the podcast and it's just like you see what's happening like it's all there well how do you prevent it from becoming a mechanical discussion though like you got all these things on the table and then you're and and, like even worse how do you prevent it from being like hey well i bought this thing therefore i want to use it do you ever play a game like uh xcom is a game that i grew up playing which is kind of a uh, starts from an overview world navigating kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then jumps into a tactical turn-based combat you know and that's kind of how i tend to structure my games and anyone who watches critical roles should be pretty familiar with this because it's kind of how they do it where it's you know 80 percent narrative and then a fight happens and as long as it's big enough or important enough or just to kind of take a break from the narrative then they enter into a combat space and it's just like it's a nice way to stay balanced and uh, for me too much of one can start to get boring and tedious and so you want to go back to the other and it's a nice little way yeah. to just keep big things. agree especially when you like the because the party will not go where you always want them to yeah so what you have planned do you want to modify that because i'm pretty sure the party will never go where you want them <laughs> <That's to. fair. laughs> i feel like i've gotten pretty good at holding hands like my favorite saying is like the perfect campaign for me takes place in a sandbox but sandboxes have borders like people don't yeah. think about that i don't say the desert they say the sandbox i will say law has become a master hand holder <laughs> i have very big comfortable daddy hands yeah. moisture is never a problem with law <laughs> no they come moist and ready um, <laughs> perhaps in excess uh anyway but yeah, there should be like some railroad tracks that the party can 
always have in sight, but don't have to follow. Okay, but so like I said, mm -hmm. mechanically speaking, how do you stop it from being this like mechanical process? Because I still feel like combat ends up just being this... Okay, I describe this as a consequence of the thing happening because mm -hmm. there's all these miniatures here and I gotta follow these rules. I it just once you have the right group and you have the right system. Like looking back on like things like Pathfinder, which I played for a year, like almost a decade. Mm -hmm. Um and I still loved using miniatures for it because I had them and it was really cool with like all the spell dimensions and customizing and painting the minis that I love doing. But it got so crunchy and there were so many things like this is why I don't personally do like flanking in my games. Like I believe narratively that there's an advantage from like being behind someone but it doesn't have to necessarily be a mechanical bonus because it just encourages this like five foot step <laughs> yeah. five okay. foot step hold my action one, five that is step. specifically one of the things i wrote down that i wanted to talk about you don't do flanking okay mm -hmm. and i i get why i understand why i gotta say it drives me insane when people don't do flanking and the reason is is because as somebody who has who boxes mm -hmm. and understands the nature of combat being covered on two sides is literally the worst conceivable situation you can be in in combat it, it goes from you have like an 80 percent chance of dying or like a 20 percent chance of dying to a like a hundred percent chance of dying the second you're you're surrounded on two sides i i understand the advantages and i don't say that i'm not like saying that it, it may, it's the same level of difficulty for the players i just don't necessarily reward a mechanical bonus Fair usually enough. it comes up in the description of the story like you're using the d20s to say whether or not something worked and not the mechanics in play yeah sure. um so like if you do really well and get deal damage like well that's because you were right behind them and they didn't see the attack coming and it hits really hard okay okay but only because it really cuts back on remaxing like there's i have never played in a game that uses flanking where people don't try to flank every single turn right and like you know yeah. that's in some ways it makes sense but keeping in mind i only allow flanking if the person is if there's two people right exactly if flanking yeah, requires that two people that's have to be an opposite pretty ends. standard template for flanking okay yeah, yeah. I think that kind of goes into one of the things that I think you can do to help break it out of just the mechanics and get people just thinking that. And it's a kind of a thing you can do as a DM to kind of set the tone of the game and give your players permission to start thinking that way is like when they do a skill or effect and like, mm -hmm. hey, can I, you know, interact with this and shove that guy? And then suddenly you're moving the miniatures like they succeed at that. And mm -hmm. it's like, OK, yeah, not only did you run over here, but you flipped this way and something happened that kind of breaks the grid a little bit and sets mm -hmm. a, a a tone for them that makes them realize that they don't have to be stuck on that five by five grid. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I just don't like D&D as much as I like other systems. I feel like D&D kind of removes the intricacies of combat in favor of narrative and, and fantastical focus. And I, I gotta say, like, one of my favorite things is the whole, like, I'm such a badass hero, look how cool I am. And then somebody, like, stabs him in the kidney and it's like, yeah, you're gonna die in about eight seconds. Like, good luck. <laughs> just, but then again, I just, I don't like, I don't like things being joyous or happy or pleasant. Sure. I, I kind of just prefer the <laughs> life cycle. <laughs> yeah, just want to suck on a damp napkin for all of your yeah yeah. If I can just, nourishment, if I can just, if I can just, just just be the wet blanket to my own life, that would oh, be great. Point your D and D like your life, just yeah, mm -hmm. just middling, you know. Like and oh. I, I often reward players with bonuses for doing clever and creative things, and sometimes that might be involved with getting behind someone. It's just it's just breaking the habit of constantly taking the the five foot step. To get that extra plus two to hit or whatever. What's your favorite mini under twenty dollars? My favorite mini singular or like singular set. Okay. Or I mean, guess set under twenty dollars is fine. Like, I gotta say, some of the new Nolzers that are coming out are pretty delicious. I have no idea what that is. Uh, so I heard Nozer. Yeah. Um. So it started with Reaper Bones. Okay. I mean, this is ob obviously debatable, but like the huge shift to plastic minis one of the biggest companies for like gaming miniatures was reaper okay. I made the pewter minis for years they had the catalogs growing up i always thumbed through them that's where i started painting and modifying D, D minis 
was with things like Reaper and of course Ralpartha. They were kind of the predecessor to the main throne of, of miniaturedom. But they started making the bones, which they kickstarted, which were soft white plastic miniatures. They mm. were super cheap. It's like a hundred bucks, and you got like a hundred miniatures. Um, and they're starting to, they've done four cents. I've backed all of them because I'm a monster. Um, <laughs> but the first set, they weren't great quality. They would show up and they'd be kind of bent. You have to learn tricks to like dip them in hot water and then cool them down to straighten things out. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've evolved in their quality. And then Wizards of the Coast through, what is it, uh, WizKids, um, they're making high quality, dense plastic miniatures that are super cheap. It's like three or four bucks for two of them. And they look great. They have all the classic monsters and they've got like, Ramirez's and and Bahirs and Beholders you can get for like 10 bucks and they look super cool. Ramirez? Ramirez. It's like a giant... Ramorhas? No, Uh, I'm... Is is this a pronunciation thing? I'm pretty sure it's going to be a giant Latin American dude in a sombrero named Ramirez just storming down the fucking... (laughs) the party. That's just gotta happen. (laughs) See. See. Okay. No, I love uh, the great monster, the Bahirs and the Ramirez. Yeah, and of course, I, I am not a, I am not a pronunciationist. Yeah, I have no idea how to the, I have no idea how it's pronounced. Like, I also seriously, don't feel bad not pronouncing a fucking giant monster's name wrong. Like, it's not a oh, fucking yeah. zoological creature. How to pronounce? Is it melee? Melee? I have to like every damn melee. Time. <laughs> melee. Yeah, I like yeah. melee because melee is like I know, bad. Brain. Melee. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every time I'm like melee, and I'm like, oh shit. Also, my, my, first, myself, my first favorite. girlfriend's name was Melee, so I have like... <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, double E is almost always an A sound because it's usually French. What? Unless it's in the middle of a word. Okay. Got it. Like René. Yeah. René. <laughs> you gotta get that nice, like, the, 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 the spitty R, the trill in the back of your throat. Mm. Okay, so... Your favorite, like, so your favorite mini under 20 is... Is a different... That's like asking me my favorite album. Okay, <laughs> fair, really fair, hard. fair. Uh, it's got to be, like, one of the large-sized new plastic ones coming out. I mean, do we have to do we have to institute a rule of no superlatives? Like, is that a thing now? I have a very hard time with favorites, with things that I care about very much. Okay, like, okay. You could ask me my top five favorite albums, and I would have a panic attack and tell you to just fucking murder me, because <laughs> I could not do it. All right, no, no superlatives. Fair enough, fair enough. But I can no. make a lot of recommendations, though. <laughs> we'll see, okay, so something I see a lot of is people who, like, they show me a mini that's, like, super detailed. Mm-hmm. And they point out, like, look at the look at the potion on his belt. And I'm like, that certainly is great. That's so cool for you. It's building a character. It's spending, like, two hours building a character in a game where you are going to put on a helmet the second you entered the game. Right. I'm like, okay, great. You're now, you have a bucket on your head. I have no idea what the fuck he looks like. Well, that's why learning to kit bash is so important when you're a collector of miniatures. Like, yeah. That's what it was for me in high school. Before they made, like, Hero Forge, where you could, like, customize your own totally, miniature. Totally. I started with Warhammer. That was, like, my first foyer into buying a bunch of miniatures. It was Warhammer 40K. I was already playing D&D at the time, but we didn't really use as many miniatures. Yeah. But I learned learned how to like cut a sword off one thing and stick an axe on it from another thing did you guys ever play necromunda like mm-hmm. again yeah it was uh, it's like rather than an army which is what warhammer yeah, just was like it was, 10 yeah 10 like so a tactical it's unit way thing. more not only just like affordable for like a 14 year old kid but still ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah still insane <laughs> but like you also didn't take you that long to paint you know 10 as opposed totally. to an army and but yeah like they like it would like lose limbs and you'd have to like if you wanted to keep up with the narrative of it you mm-hmm. know like cut off and put some green stuff and like carve up a yeah, yeah new leg and yeah 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 because that's what i want homework <laughs> i want fucking homework <laughs> for my dating i'm, I'm, I'm over 14 you have nothing else to do with your time yeah uh, it's... i was trying to get laid oh to no okay. effect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to no effect 
Yeah, I, I gave was... up on that in the pursuit of painting miniatures. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but I, me... I love kit bashing and customizing. I have like a whole drawer of just like heroic D&D miniatures. And the, it used to be a thing too. You'd buy like three of them and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to look like at first level. And then I have this really cooler one with the same kind of concept that's going to totally, be like the 10th totally. level version. I love, the yeah, idea of some, I love the idea of someone like, why don't you go out there and get a date? And you're like, no, no, no I can paint these titties. <laughs> I can choose the color on oh, these bad boys. <laughs> oh, no, it's... <coughs> It's the it's a rabbit hole. It's such a like I, I it's like I know that like at a certain point I'm just gonna have to like let myself go and become like that crazy man that just fills his house. Like it used to be like trains, <laughs> like model trains, but for me it's just gonna be like terrain and then like all the miniatures that I've customized and painted for you know like I'm getting there. Yeah, it's save for the painted part. I am way behind the gun on being behind on painting things because I keep getting more than I can paint. Uh, yeah, see, I, yeah, I already have a hard enough time like bothering to do any of the projects that I have long since needed to do. The idea of adding yet another massive stack of them plus a skill I need to learn. I'm not good at fucking painting shit. Come yeah, on. I, I have been way behind, but for a while there I was in the zone. I've learned a lot of tick tips and tricks on like okay i'm gonna paint 10 lizard men because i can just do it all in one sit and just do one layer at a time and it's not that long it's like and i've gotten pretty good at painting miniatures in like half an hour where people are like wow this looks really good i'm like it's not yeah it's like, like dry brushed over the yeah, top it's just, like, it's like one this is why color. i love the yeah. new minis with high texture because yeah. you can just dry brush yep, it it totally. looks awesome yeah well i mean i've been running into a lot of people who like do minis as like a project and a hobby but mm -hmm. don't actually run games like well, that was the me thing they do. throughout all of high school <laughs> like i was painting everyone's armies and they too and then like i was like trading the painted one that i had for their unpainted one just so i could paint it because i didn't want to play on a table with mm -hmm. their like just unpainted garbage things exactly. you know like I, yeah so i anyhow. painted so many of my friends armies and down yeah. the road they just kind of gave them to me so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. it's somewhere in montana there's just boxes full of like yeah, six warhammer armies yeah. jesus yeah somewhere in alaska there's just a treasure trove of painted miniatures and like all the scenery that I like spent fucking every day waking hour building like perfect little death valleys and trenches. I was not and, ever like, good, yeah. never ever good at making terrain. But I like remember being like young and learning that if I spray painted styrofoam, it would start to like melt, melt. away and oh, stuff. Totally. And so it just looked like shit. Everything just looked like this melted wall on the battlefield <laughs> of like horrible bright oranges and greens. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it made sense because I played Space Works. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, really. Well, that's the great thing about space. Like Warhammer 40k, you can have right. a world that was just yeah melted and crazy yes we're fighting in a giant pile of garbage because <laughs> that's the emperor's domain yeah look I, I i get i get the minis are fucking amazing um i'm like the first person to be like i don't need minis and then i'm immediately the first person to regret it the second i get into a combat because i'm like oh shit okay he's right. here and they're yeah. like well where's that and i'm like okay just uh <laughs> yeah that's where i run into because like uh i mean a lot of my friends at this point are like scattered across the globe so like the mm -hmm. only time we can play dnd is like we're all on a discord server and we're theater in the mind which is fantastic but you get in those situations where it's like I just want to be able to point to this guy and move oh, him I here. I never think about bringing up the digital board games. Like, yeah, what too. do you even yeah. do with the digital shit? Like, I mean, there's there's both Fantasy Grounds and, yeah. and, uh, and Roll Twenty. Roll Twenty are the yeah. two big names. I yeah. definitely have my preference, which I will not name here. Um, oh, you go, you're gonna have to. It's this is an advice one. column. No, or this I, is an advice podcast. Yeah, we'll get back on that. Um, but. I, I didn't even think about bringing that into this topic because it's like the perfect mid-ground between theater of the mind and not having to deal with I miniatures. Mean, well, actually, what Zach was talking about where it's like, gets so mechanical, that's how I start feeling about like 
digital is it's mm-hmm. just like not only am i having to worry about the mechanics of the situation but then it's like oh wait like okay who's on what layer i need to unlock this layer so i can move these units now and it's like oh and then i got to toggle on the visibility there's a degree board. i don't it's need like, a math nope, problem on top of yeah, my math exactly it's like nope i'm walking away from that yeah. but like who here played Baldur's gate one or two and thought like man i hate having to move around and stuff like no it's awesome like, <laughs> yeah it's i mean if i could really just get fun. that where it's like i could just every get everything yeah plugged in i guess i don't know yeah, yeah. Um, but what are other ways besides just like miniatures that you can elevate the game board or just like the experience of like sitting at a table, like something besides just what's happening on the battlefield? Um, one, I like to set some ambiance, usually with like a, a lighting specifically mm-hmm. and smells. Mm. Um, I, I, I be, <laughs> I'm always sure to make sure I like like candles and things like that. But also if I know they're going to be in a dungeon, I'd just chow down on a bunch of fucking Chipotle before. Like yeah. I make sure <laughs> that they're ready for it. <laughs> they can really smell the, what do they call the Atiug? Yeah. Trash beast. Who? Like if they're going to spend the night in the tavern, I'm going to eat nothing but lamb stew for three days (laughs) and wear a diaper to the table. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Ready to blast one off for ambiance. Oh, God. Uh, Noble (laughs) endeavor. Um, But actually, one of the things I was going to comment on is the actual... uh, I said, what can you do to elevate the game? There's a literal way to do that, Mm -hmm. which is using an elevated playing field. Oh, right. Looking at one right here was a project that I get... I've seen other people do it. It wasn't like an original thought. Um, I feel like I I came up with it on my own, but it was happening at the same time. You were the first person to think of an elevated surface. You were the first person that I've seen use it. To be fair, I was thinking about it when I was like 16, but uh, I had my boss, Christian, who's a great carpenter, make it. And it's it's. Uh, Were you just high as fuck and say, "What if I put a table on the table <laughs> at work?" <laughs> my boss. Uh, but no, I just gave him a drawing, and it was just big enough to like fit a pint glass and things like that under. I put like lights underneath it, and it just has like a battlefield. And then down underneath, you don't have all this shit and dice and the papers getting in your way. Because that was my biggest thing when I'm like putting down a serious board that I put work into, and someone like puts their character sheet on top of my lava pool. I'm like, there's something yeah, happening or here. It spills their beer now. Like all the spills happen underneath your yes. play table. How dare is, you oh. need to reference the stats on your sheet instead of look at my hand painted lava flow? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but no, it's actually just really handy and a good space saver. Yeah. And if you're not using it, like if you're having dinner before the game, you can like have trays of whatever, like sandwiches and sushi and shit up on top of there because everyone eats sushi and D&D. Right. Just that's the American base, standard. The classic D&D food, sushi. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I have ordered sushi at D&D before. Um, sure, sure. And I got enough for everyone. No, uh, but... Fuck yeah, you. How, who has the money to buy? Like, uh, Sansai is real cheap. <laughs> okay, okay. You're going to have to tell me where this is. Crab with a K, man. You can, everyone yeah, has I prefer K-Rab. K-Rab. Oh. K-Rab. <laughs> Sounds like a horrible music genre. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, but there's also playlists. Alternatively, it sounds an awful lot oh, yeah. like a D&D monster. <laughs> it does sound the K-Rab. K-Rab, yeah. Or an evil army. Mm. Totally. Um, but there's... Way to punch my goddamn I Mike Marshall. Shit. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> Uh, years ago, I was involved in this kind of like D&D TED Talk thing that happened at a local gaming place uh, that I named PDXP because that was fun. That's um, fucking awesome. It's a really good name. Um, but it was basically like these different people coming up who had some kind of quote unquote expertise. No one's got like a doctorate in D&D. Right. But people who were self proclaimed knowledgeable people on certain topics and mine was how to like elevate your gameplay at the time i gave Mm. tips on like how to build playlists Uh, at the time i was using a digital monitor at my table to track Mm. initiative and pull up pictures of monsters and things like that which is too much work for me now i cannot dm with a laptop ever again yeah 
I appreciate how handy all the files and stuff are, but I just like. Also, no don't notes. worry. TED Talks has have proven that you do not need to have credentials or even know what you're talking about to talk about something. As long as you sound smart and make a good speech, and people will listen. But um, there was like someone who talked about how to incorporate time travel into your game or writing for westerns and stuff. It was really cool. But mine was literally like, here's some websites. Like this was kind of almost before Spotify was huge. And I was using things like Groove Shark, which are now incredibly illegal, um, but it was great at the time. Um, and being like, so here's ways to you know download playlists and things like that. Nothing illegal at the time. Sure. But, or uh, you know ordering specific food for the themed of the night. And people were asking like, what's the best way to start collecting miniatures, shit like that. I just and, need to clarify that law does in fact advocate for violating the DMCA. Yes. Yeah, just. <laughs> Just do whatever. <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want. No. Uh, Break laws. Have sex. If you want, if you if you try to get your hands on something without paying for it, it should be for the intent of paying for it. Once you realize you like it, absolutely. We all. That is exactly why most of us do it, and then proceed not to do it. <laughs> no, I definitely do. Um, I, I actually get really excited about funding companies that I'm excited about if it's affordable. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's... I make it a point to forget. <laughs> just try as hard as I can to forget. <laughs> just oh, this is really good. I should forget to buy this. <laughs> but yeah, support smart small game companies. If you ever feel like you ever, if you ever had the thought like, hey, I wish I could publish something and make money for it, don't ever think that again. If you don't support small gaming companies, because no one will do it for you. Fair. But Amazon is cheap. If Amazon is cheap. No one's going to debate that. <laughs> Amazon is so cheap. It's true. Um, but find a link through your favorite podcast there or something. You go. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Do it. If you gotta gotta suck that Bezo dick, then at least try to <laughs> use the condom of small business. <laughs> condom of small business. Beautifully said. Hello, Slappy D's. Law here, saying thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to D20 Questions. It's our newest project, and we're having a lot of fun with it, and I hope you are too. And since it's new, it's a huge favor to us if you can share and download and review. So if you're a fan of the LUQ and want to show your support for Slapdash, this is a really great way to do it. We're also about to launch our Patreon, and some of the rewards are really fun. You can get maps, magic items from the podcast, uh, special access to the Discord, mentions on the show, and you can listen to D20 One Side, where me and Zach and our D20 Questions guest of the week sit down and wind down after recording and drinking a few and roll out some really top-notch goofs. Uh, if you've ever laughed whiskey out of your nose, it's something kind of like that. So follow us on social media like Facebook or Twitter and Instagram at Slap the Dash. We're doing our one-year Slapdash anniversary giveaway on Twitter right now, so if you want to win about $100 worth of awesome gaming stuff, get over to Twitter and follow the very simple instructions presented there. And with that, let's get back to the questions. So Marshall, did you ever, what was it, like, are you all 2D or did you, do you still have a collection or when you started, like, how did you begin? So actually, uh, my starting this project, Printable Heroes, happened with, I'm pouring myself some more wine. I don't know if the mic's picking that up. But I just, I'm glad I just assume you're pissing in a bottle. Yeah, right. Yeah, that too. Uh, the bottle is empty now, so it's That's free. That's ready for piss. Yeah, it's <laughs> a tragedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, fifth edition just came out and we're like, Oh God, we gotta start playing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to DM because I'm always the DM in my group of friends. And everyone uh, is always the DM. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Those are the only people who constantly play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of goblins. And I bought, you know, like some miniatures and a bunch of goblins. And I like started painting them. And it was like, and my friends were like, okay, we're playing this Saturday. I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to have the goblins done by then. And I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? And so I was just like, I'm just going to draw a goblin and fucking print 20 of them. And we, you know, played that Saturday. 
yesterday and I was like, man, this was really useful and good. I, are there other people doing this? And at the time looking around, I, I wasn't really seeing too many people that mm -hmm. was really approaching it. And so I was like, I'm just going to start making these. And again, and it's like, for me, I love miniatures. I love buying them. I love looking. And like when it came in, when I just walked into here, uh, like looking at Law's <laughs> collection, library. I'm just like, oh, amazing. Yeah, to set the scene, we are literally surrounded oh, with posters and miniatures it and statues. Amazing. And it's, it's like fantastic. I just walked into a gaming store that like was only selling the shit I want to buy. Like, <laughs> it's, it's sad. But this is also like the work of me since I was like 16. Yeah. Like that shelf is probably worth three grand now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there's only like nine minis <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're huge though it's amazing but yeah so it was just like i i love miniatures and i love painting them but it's just i don't have the time especially like mm -hmm. i'm a dad i am like had a full-time job at the time and there's just like i don't have the time to do this and mm -hmm. so drawing and just being able to print down print them out mm -hmm. and, and they're like they come fully colored you don't have to sounds like that. you get to fulfill the the, the artistic desires at least well, you get to draw them and yeah, everything like now that. it's amazing i used to draw whatever you know well, like, and it's like painting a miniature but also painting that same miniature for dozens of exactly. people across the world. dozens is a very small number i should well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than hopefully more than dozens otherwise yeah i'm in trouble but uh, <laughs> evidently thousands thousands um, yeah. yeah yeah i think i got i think i just hit like four thousand on patreon Jesus. people following yeah, me yes. so it's like there's a i know that it's definitely it's like people want to be able to just print stuff off and just go it's i mean i almost called it disposable heroes instead mm -hmm. of printable heroes mm -hmm. because like the really the approach for me was like i just want to start playing that's my goal is just yeah. like get into the game and have stuff ready to go i don't want to spend forever turns out once people started paying me i was like oh i gotta put more effort into this and then you know before i know it i'm trying to go crazy and make right. really pretty things but but yeah it really it just uh so much of it is just to get into the game to just help i mean for me it was to help me play and then it was like man other people could use this i want to help other people play you know like get sure get their stories told to clarify uh i was asking you to talk into the body of the mic not here because you keep popping <laughs> i wasn't telling you to get quieter because you you both got lower and got quieter and i'm like uh no yeah zach's over here like doing the yeah oh yeah no i'm basically just like uh like like what's the word isn't a is, jerk? A jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're just <laughs> you stay in producer mode at all times. Beautifully <laughs> <laughs> said. Sorry, no, it's not. That's such a good bird. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, thank you. I have been, I have been very vocal about being pro mic discipline. Sure, no, 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 no that was beautiful, I, but was, I could not leave that hanging. That I, I softballed it in there. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, Mike taught good. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, all about it. My big tip for people to start collecting miniatures, especially if they're involved in a campaign, is some people play once a week, some people play once a month. My thing for a while, I had like you know, a box of minis that was it was good, but I really wanted to start getting to a point where I was incorporating miniatures specifically for the campaign. Like, yes, I'm getting a bunch of like Sahuagin because they're going to be in the store. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can is, you say that again for me, please? I'm going to get a bunch of Sahuagin because they're in the store. Oh, you didn't. You put a lot more English on that word. I loved it. Sahuagin. 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 No. Uh, <laughs> the Sagwagons. Um, <laughs> the old Sagwagon. Uh, is my advice at the time, which worked out really well for me, was like, okay, you're playing every two weeks. Um, set aside like, you know, 20 bucks. Uh, and because I always have been living off tips my whole life. <laughs> so it's not right. that bad. Um, is get just enough miniatures for the next session. And they don't go away. They're still there. If you want to use Sahawagans again in a year, you got them. They're ready to go. And you always have what you need to fulfill your 
table perfection for the evening. And sometimes it's more than 20. Sometimes at the beginning of a campaign, it's more like 40 or 50 because you're buying the PCs and any NPCs you know are going to be used a lot. What is the minimum number and kind of minis you can get and be able to run most games? I'm talking like the most versatile figures, the ones where it's like, this could be this, 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 or this. I have a whole video on YouTube about this from back on D20 Collective okay. where I broke down my 10 favorite categories of miniature and why they're all so versatile and gave recommendations on which ones to get. Okay. Um, I like either a really good goblin or kobold work for either. Like they're both small and creepy looking. Like if you have 10 solid goblins, kobolds, you can use them as imps. You can use them as tiny leprechauns or gnomes. You can use them as, you know, uh, sphere of neblin, just small creepy things. That's a great thing to have. Orcs, hobgoblins, bugbears, they can all be used with the same kind of generic kind of largest, largish guy. Um, if you have like 10 goblins and 10 orcs, you can use those for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Orcs work for zombies or barbarians if you need to. That said, having like 10 cheap skeletons is great because you can use them for ghosts. You can use them for shadows. They're just the undead on the board. Huh. You can paint half of them dark to look like they're ghostly undead. Paint the other half bony so they look like they're tangible undead. Gnolls, werewolves, lycanthropes, uh, jackawares or whatever they're called. Um, lots of dogmen exist in the D&D universe. Hound archons. Having huh. a handful of those are very versatile. Something I was thinking about is just and when I'm doing that and like just thinking like what do I need to represent something? It's just like what's the silhouette and what's like the mass of something? Like if you need something mm-hmm. to represent like like an umber hulk, you know, it's like that could just be a, an earth elemental. Totally. Or, you know, it's just like kind of thinking about like you know because a lot of times people are sitting back at the table and they're mm-hmm. not like right up there and it's just like what is kind of represents the general size of this creature. I haven't found a single mini that can represent my general mass. Okay, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Which is his character named General Matt. Right, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But that's true. Like, especially with, like, if you know your party's never going to get above, like, 10 or whatever, like, there's not a chance that they're probably going to fight more than, like, one or two ogres or giants or something because that's a party destroyer. So you can have just two big boys that are hill giants, fire giants, ogres, trolls. What is your biggest problem with minis that has yet to be solved? Storage. Uh, Okay. The best miniatures that I like to collect that immediately fulfill needs that I have are random. Uh So I have utilized eBay so many times. Just I know what new sets are coming out. I've gotten to the point where my mind is like connected Cerebro style to the miniature (laughs) like pricing market. Where I can look at a sheet of what's coming out in the next Pathfinder bottles set. And I'll be like, this one's going to be worth $7 within a week. Because I know that regular skeletons are in high demand. Or very specific PC spellcasters, things that work as Dragonborn or Warforged. They're not out there. They're in very high demand. Like, I know the things that people immediately buy up. And I'll just go on eBay and be like, okay, I really like this gnome, and I'm going to get four of them because I like to have sets of, like, four or five of things. So my thing is better pricing outside of the realm of collectivity because it gets to be like the comic book thing where I, I, I like following the fluctuation of the market of miniature pricing. But it gets to be ridiculous where the cheapest, good, generic, pre-painted skeleton is like five bucks. Jeez, that's some really cerebral shit you guys laid out here. I was going to say the hair. That's the my hair? biggest problem with like fucking minis. It always looks like fucking mullets. Like you set up any battle with a significant number of NPCs and it looks like a fucking Def Leppard concert. <laughs> well, that sounds like real Partha where they all have like the exact same mohawk. <laughs> oh, seriously. Like I look at them and I'm like, why does it always look like a fucking mullet? Or it's like a ridiculous bouffant or something to like counteract mm. the mullet, mm. the mulletization of hair. Like, <laughs> I, I suppose hair is difficult, but I, uh, as, as miniatures progress, the quality increases. I think they're getting more diversity. I mean, granted, their hairstyles. Sure. But like, I just went through somebody else's like huge collection of miniatures 
miniatures. And I was like, mm-hmm. just like going through trying to find something that looked like my character. And I'm like, oh, here's an elf uh, mullet. Here's an elf, uh, not mullet. Oh, here's a mullet. Ooh, here's a skullet. Nope, oh, still mullets. Is this <laughs> Warhammer elves? I think that's one of the things that, I mean, as D&D is becoming more popular and you're seeing things like Hero Forge. And what's the new one? That like where you can customize and mm-hmm. get a 3D frame. I can't remember the are name, you, but it's... Are you trying to tell me that as D&D gets more popular, the party in the back becomes more necessary? Because I'm not going <laughs> to jive with that argument. <laughs> I was going to say that there's more options for um, like customization of miniatures, especially if 3D printing gets mm-hmm. more uh, efficient and just higher quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, you know, of course, my direct competitors. My, actually, not direct. I'm like the, they're like the Walmart, and I'm like the one below the dollar store, I think is kind of mm-hmm. how I, yeah. I th- yeah. I feel like it's if I'm going to self promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I'm going to start getting into miniatures, I think I'm actually going to go the opposite of the rational direction. I'm not mm-hmm. going to grab like minis that make sense. I'm going to grab the ones that are the most fucking absurd. I'm going to get a bunch of like, like Yankee punks from Japanese, like, you know, video, like board games cool. or video games and shit like that with ridiculous pompadours. And I'm going to grab like just the most absurd shit. I've got, a, I've got a box somewhere that's just Olympic basketball players. <laughs> exactly. Really? I want to do that. That's amazing. It's I want that to be my collection. Dave's Dragon Ball. There you go. Oh, D&D basketball. I wanted to get them some. Their, their scales way off. And that's a good way to save money is if you buy miniatures that are of a wrong scale, they're dirt cheap because they don't look like good oh, at yeah, all with 28 millimeter miniatures. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I got a box of some of the coolest PC miniatures. I got like 12 of them for like $7. And I knew the scale when I bought them. I just wanted to see them. And they were really cheap. And they're tiny, but they're gorgeous. Yeah. I'm actually a little disappointed that, like, the standard for what became acceptable for miniatures wasn't a little bit bigger. Because, like, you could have a pretty amazing-looking miniature at, I don't know, 35 millimeters as opposed to 28. And I know this is getting very, you know, kind of narrow oh. and specific for... But I guess we're talking about miniatures Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure, podcast, so I'm sure okay. most people are, like, jumping on this podcast so they can hear our, our numerical values. So I hear very thinking. much well, about yeah. the difference between 28 and <laughs> I 35. Know. I mean, like, 28 to 30, 32, you know, that's kind of the, the sweet spot. Yes. But it's like you can get so much more detail if you just bump it up to 35, 38. Oh, my God. But you only go too big. That's crazy. That's too expensive. That'd, that'd be absurd. That'd be fucking yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't be a jackass. That would be so fucking stupid. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have no yeah, idea what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> but sometimes you can utilize that. Like, oh, these miniatures are like fucking weirdly 45 millimeter. I'm going to buy this dwarf and have the fucking coolest frost giant anyone's yeah, ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, man. You're going to have to give me some like, you're going to have to give me some links and show me what you're talking about you, because I need to know this. Do you have problem? a full week? <laughs> yes. The, no. The problem that I always run into, I, I mean, other than just cost, because it's always there for miniatures, like when you're buying traditional miniatures, it is just the time it takes to paint like and especially because like i want to do a good job you know that's like i always want to make my frost giant i want when i drop it on the table i like i want audible oohs and ahs you know like that's that's my goal and you whip it out and slap it on the table exactly that's exactly reaction is important i want audible oohs and uh, ah oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) really oh look at (laughs) you so actually that leads into a very important question i was going to ask what is the dumbest thing you've ever used as a stand-in for for a D game for miniatures we had uh like live in play we had this uh big demon statue which the entire party was convinced was going to come alive and uh the dm we had little miniatures repre- representing us but we didn't have anything for the monsters at the moment and the dm was talking and one of our players just like reached out i don't know where he found it but it was like a paper towel roll and a sharpie and just drew this sloppy ass demon on that thing and just <laughs> plopped it down and it was terrifying that's amazing yeah that was good uh there's a few i did a thing a few months ago with another dm at orcs 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 named dave where the theme was the party was going through alternate realities and everything was random and halfway through the night so it was two games happening in the same room at a group of like eight tables and uh every at every hour mark 
two of the players would swap tables and take each other's place. Um, but while that was happening, the party was getting sucked through these portals where they would go into fandoms of our choosing. So I had 10, he had 10, and it was random. So there was like Ninja Turtles, there was Pokemon Arena, there was Godzilla attacking New York, there was Predator in the jungle, shit like this. So I had to go and find miniatures for all of these things. <laughs> and some of the some of the things I found in place of them were not ideal. Uh, one of the final <laughs> bosses was a lawyer. The two parties at the end merged into a giant table, which was awesome. You can't just drop lawyer and then go no, to I'm another explanation. Go so the thing is, they fucked up all these franchises fighting in these different realities, and then this this copyright lawyer named Kay's Law the Indicter. That is the coolest fucking idea I've ever heard. Um, and there was two DMs running one monster. So what would happen is the first form was lawyer form. And they would fight him and all of his abilities were like red tape. And then like interns would bring him a cup of coffee and he would heal himself. Oh my God. That's and amazing. then he would shift into his case law form, which was this giant demon. And he had a thing called rules lawyer where every turn he'd be like, okay, everyone's abilities are based on charisma for this turn. Okay. He could just change the rules or you can't do anything unless you sing what you're doing. The little things like that. <laughs> but the miniature we used for case law was the lawyer from the Simpsons. And <laughs> not, not Lionel Hutz, the one with blue hair that looks kind of like Millhouse that no one can remember the name of. Oh, you're right, right. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was like this perfect giant, and it just on the board, it looked fucking stupid, but it was perfect for this giant, like, 12-foot lawyer. That's amazing. Uh, so, the first, the dumbest thing I ever did was, uh, immediately after getting back from Japan for the first time, I had spent an inordinate amount of money on gachapons. Now, I want you to understand, I refused <laughs> to... I, uh, the little, you know, you put the coin in, and you turn the thing, and it dumps out a little toy. It's a little egg in the, the yeah, front of the grocery capsules. store. Capsule toys. You have a child, and you haven't already like just been drowning in gotcha buns. Like, choke on these things. It sounds no. Okay, toughen them up. <laughs> well, you know, in the grocery store where you put the quarters and you get like the tattoo thing out. Like, yeah, those little, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like that, but with the big one with the little eggs that you pop open that yeah. have little toys in them. But oh here's God. the thing: okay. I, I repeatedly, I'm like, I am not going to spend a bunch of money on a bunch of fucking D and D minis, but I am drowning in Earthbound miniatures because I fucking went to Japan. I was like, I guess gotcha buns is my whole life now. <laughs> Fun fact: the original, some of the original artwork from D and D monsters was based on tiny Japanese like gashapon style toys like nice. the bullet and the rust monster were based on little tiny plastic really? miniatures from chinese oh, toys wow. my friend adam showed that. me that actually but anyway so i had all these fucking gashapons from random anime and weird ass fucking creatures and stuff like that and i was running a game and i was like fuck i've got nothing for things i don't just want to use dice so i go over and grab my fucking weird ass chest of gashapon dumbassery and i start putting down all sorts of things little duckies little fox spirits like stupid random shit and it ended up being really fun but i'm just sitting here looking at this like explosion of of meaningless tchotchkes mm -hmm. and i'm like i really hope nobody walks into this room and sees what's going it's gonna be a bunch of kids playing pretend right. <laughs> well to be fair the actual yeah but yeah I, there's a dm at orcs who's known for using a lot of tiny pink flamingos for stand-ins which nice. is nice it's kind of his trade yeah yeah it's good to have a trademark I appreciate like that. that yeah i once crafted very poorly <laughs> climax of a long-running pathfinder game where they go into a place called golem gate which was like a forgotten city of magic where the walls were made of like shoulder to shoulder giant like colossal golems. And I had to make like this almost human sized bust of the upper body of one. And I used like paper plates and like this helmet I got at the dollar store that was like a night <laughs> helmet. And I sprayed it all like matte gray and it looked just like tape holding it together. It, it was very effective with the rest of it all set out there. But like if you looked at it as an individual art installment, it would just be like, this is like fucking eight year old craft yard. Well, and I think that like going back to the, the question some one of you had earlier, which is like, how do you elevate your game? It's like just that kind of on shit. the shoulders of golems. Like, no, just have <laughs> the team just like just like, well, what's your story? And like, what can I create to just. 
push the element that I want to push and just mm-hmm. make something. Doesn't matter what yeah. the hell it is. Your players are gonna love it. You're mm-hmm. gonna love it. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be amazing. And you're, you're gonna wrong. get better at it. Like whatever it is you're doing, you know, like the next time you're gonna have a better idea. And some yeah. of my best like science fiction sets were done because they were like, um, we somebody handed us this massive stack of old cafeteria plates that we then spray painted mm-hmm. a shiny glossy like silvery, and we use that as the walls for this whole spaceship, and it looks great. And yeah, you're like, true. okay, no, this is awesome. And learn learn to use Photoshop and make your maps. It's like the, I used to do the thing where I'd buy like three or four miniatures for each game. Now, if I'm doing like an orcs or you know League of Ultimate questing, I'll make like three maps in Photoshop, eleven by seventeen, something very specific for that game, and I still have them. I've just yeah. got this huge stack of maps now that I can just go and pull from. It's hard to think of it as like a permanent investment that like once you've bought it, you don't really have to buy well, it again. And this is actually kind of jumping a little bit, but going off what you're saying, and this is kind of for people that are like creating content that want to get into making you know mm-hmm. adventures and publishing content on you know either Drive Through or DMs Guild. It's like Think about, yeah, the games you're playing and the stuff you're making. Like, if you're spending some time and you're trying to justify spending that time just for your game group, which you shouldn't because it's the best thing you could do with your time is make it for your game group. Mm-hmm. But, it's, it's, yeah, whatever you make there, if you make a map, then you have that map not just to play with again, but you can repackage that and put it into an adventure But what if I'm a lazy piece of shit? Well, I mean, <laughs> then you don't have to worry about it. Oh, Someone okay, else cool, is going to cool. be your DM anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> and, and if you do a bad job, you still have something where if you want to do it professionally later and you're yeah. going to, like, outsource totally. to a professional artist, you'll have something to give them to be like, this is pretty oh. much what I want it to look like, and that is about Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if art's not your thing, at least you have something you can hand off. Yeah, for sure. What do you say to people who constantly destroy their personal possessions and who might not be so good with tiny little bendable plastic swords? Well, that's why I, I do paper printable things. Okay. Again, just bringing it back. They're disposable. Like you, but, yeah. but let's say they want to get those miniatures. Let's I mean, say. I've broken as many miniatures as some people own. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They make pin sets, um, learn to craft and repair. It's very useful. Okay. But also the new plastic one's very hard to break. Oh, yeah? An evolution in the game design is making very hard to break miniatures. Sometimes they yeah. come a little bent you can fix it and you couldn't snap them they're they're a dense foam type rubbery substance huh well that was a less exciting answer than i was looking yeah. for. also be careful with your fucking shit you spent money on it yeah <laughs> like I'm not, a, even, I'm not even careful with my own body little fucking little plastic <laughs> toys put some t-shirts in a box and set them in that box like just try a little bit um so what are other alternatives people have used to miniatures besides garbage like things that are actually like really practical and work besides <laughs> Besides literal fucking trash, with people just to... dumping out your trash can onto the table, <laughs> this chicken bone is a boulder. This bottle of old Astroglide is, is, I don't know what that is, but it's there. No, I'm pretty much for the most part, it's like either I have the miniature I want or it is theater of the mind. Like that's like, it's almost like that is your punishment for not supplying me with the miniature I want. It's like we are going to stick to theater of the mind and you're going to have to deal with not knowing where exactly you are in this battle. And I may have to tell you, no, sorry, you're out of range a couple of times. theater of the minding out of spite. Okay. (laughs) So that's that's not a bad idea, actually. Like forcing yourself to buy things before you can put them in the game is a great concept. Here's my problem. I have not run a consistent game for more than a year ever. And the game I did run was only humans. It was uh, set in the Song of Ice and Fire world. So that's my biggest issue. So so you talk about these investments, but I don't run enough D&D in order to justify having goblins. And it's like, I mean, half the games I run are humans only or if like or like you know, humanoids. Like my current one is a Western game. There are monsters, but they have fought one monster in the entire game so far. Sure. Then that answers your own question. Like yeah. if, if you... But I want them. <laughs> 
I mean, well, there. What are... you need to do then is find someone who's either you know making them because there's a lot of people that are making cool stuff that are they're 3D prints where they mm -hmm. or like you know or companies that are making it that are trying to you know like fantasy's huge. Like if you go and look at like anyone reports the stats on anything, it's like. Fifth edition D and D is sixty percent of the freaking industry right now. Are you juking yeah. those stats? I am a little bit. I'm really actually just going <laughs> off like roll twenty, which is like seventy five percent D and D fifth edition, and then like the other twenty five percent, half of that is like third edition, and then it's like <laughs> everything else. And like you know, anyhow, there are people that are making really cool, both you know, traditional miniatures and you know, paper miniatures that are you know like Western fantasy mm -hmm. or you know sci fi horror, you know that would love your money and attention you know sure so it's like it's like if you want that scene that's like that that is like one of if you want to do like a public service you know and, and you're like man there's none of these for my world that i'm trying to tell the stories i want to tell then just go yes, on and go find them because they're they're there they're <laughs> or just there's not people popular. like on etsy who are just doing 3d prints of like you can buy like 20 miniatures for 15 yeah. bucks and they're all generic but they look cool i actually want to advise something that uh somebody well, somebody's old me, uh, go to goddamn Goodwill. And I don't mean go to the Goodwill by your house. I mean, drive around your whole fucking city looking for every Goodwill there every couple of days or so. Walk through, you'll find shit. My friend, my friend Adam found like a copy, a, a still sealed in cellophane copy of Betrayal at House on the Hill for $4 sitting on the fucking shelves. You'll find shit. I hadn't, didn't have the best luck with D&D &D stuff. I, I still found a lot of great stuff at Goodwill, but I used to go on the weekly and to multiple stores. He has a shelf on one of his bookshelves that's just for D&D books he's found at, at Goodwill's, yes. and there's like 20 books there. Like, that's it's awesome. ridiculous. They usually come to me in other ways, though, like yeah. without, without spending money on them. Well, Sherry, because you've, you've cultivated your life around the shit. So. I guess so. <laughs> It's just ambrosia falling in my lap at this point. No, it's not. No, true. it's 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 interest is what it is. You've investigated social and cultural capital in something, sure. and now it's returning. Sometimes companies send me things just to make videos about them. Please that's do. A few years ago. No, I did. That's how I got all my keep wormwood it, keep stuff. Keep doing my... it. Hey, companies, the no, the doubtless thousands of LLCs and other like corporate entities that are no doubt listening to this, please send us shit to review. Yeah. We'll do it. I'm real, I'm real nice. <laughs> He's so good. I think everything's cool. He's such a nice man. Don't you do <laughs> Wow, that so beer got really excited. Well, I'll just open his beer and it just straight up spit in my face. <laughs> you spit in my face. It was sitting so still. I didn't even. That's impressive. Force it. My, I mean, this one almost straight up spat at me, but I'm also a grown ass adult who's capable of opening a beer without embarrassing himself. Oh, so. I'm not like a bartender or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Super beer noob. <laughs> the literal bartender here. Oh man. Oh, also, look at it. it's 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 over full. Oh like, wow! I haven't Whoa. even opened. I haven't sucked wow. any, and it's it's flowing out. I actually of the poured can. out of this one, well, and they're really like, yeah. buoy man. They give you more than you they pay fit for. you more yeah. than the can can hold. Somehow <laughs> they somehow break the laws of contained physics. Buoy doesn't half-ass their shit. They're not here juking the stats. This shit is top shelf and full to the brim. It's also yeah. really good. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm yeah, actually surprised, surprised by this. We were using it to Super clear out weedy. the glass. This is not going to be a beer drinking <laughs> fucking thing. That's not what we're going to do here. We're not reviewing beer products, but if you want to send us some, yeah, please. <laughs> Please, we will play D&D, and the whole time, every 20 minutes or so, we'll be like, and tonight, we're drinking. That's how Crit Juice made their whole, they had beer companies just donate them beer, and they would Crit review juice. the different, and they would get drunk as fuck and play 4th edition real bad. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was fun. Man. Why are we doing this and not that? I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, guys. Why, Let's start why do you right bring me now. on for this show? I want to go to I that I will too. DM right now. <laughs> yeah, let me, uh, yeah. Like you have the time. Ready. Like yeah. you have the time. Um, oh, man. But no, it's, 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 it's great, and I think, I think, 
in general, I want I want to do minis. I've I've kind of started to come around to it. I'm like, okay. So first off, I've kind of started considering seriously going ahead and, and submitting to your Patreon, submitting like like prostrating myself before the glory of your Patreon. Um, so how do I print them out in a way that is going to be sturdy so that I can use them more than once? So there's a couple. I, honestly, I've printed these out on standard printer paper, like just for my own quick use, and uh-huh. I still have them. Like they don't just immediately disintegrate. Like they're they're mm-hmm. fine. If you want to go crazy with it, then I highly recommend getting some like you know some nice thick photo paper, mm-hmm. and then you get like really vibrant colors. You can print them out. Um, Do you have a really good idea for how you can take normal printer paper and make it sturdy? You Are just laminate any... it. Yeah, you can what? just okay. you just, yeah you just get. I mean, like, laminators like they're like, really cheap. You can just get one, run your paper I mean, through. The big it. answer is a quick trip to Kinkos. Yeah, you exactly. will be investing like maybe fifteen bucks in some cardstock and lamination, and you will have some real nice quality stuff. Also, like I've done some things with your miniatures because I love them um, to use as prizes at Orcs, where I fit a bunch of them onto an eleven by seventeen sheet of paper. Just so you can get so many with one print and just cut them out. I suppose what I'm looking for is more like, is there any kind of like polyurethane or some kind of coating that you could maybe like brush it down with to make it sturdy? You can actually just get, um, like if you print it on like glossy photo paper, glossy photo paper and beer starting to kick in, then uh, <laughs> like one of the, the dangers of that is like if your fingers are really wet. So if someone's, you know, grabbing a bunch of beer and shit, like you can smudge the ink. But what you can do is just grab some of uh, the spray that you would spray on a traditional painted miniature mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just seal it and just sh- and it's good, and it's going to be waterproof. Interesting. Like, is there like is there a name for that? I there it's is called I, like a matte finish. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember what. Okay, but I mean, I have a can over there somewhere. Because I, I might do that as like a starter and like use that as like the placeholder until I can buy something that I want. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to be like, okay, Probably. I've got a game. I, I want to do this. I really yeah. think you should definitely first of all kick off on the Kickstarter or the the, the Patreon. Seriously, um, but if you want some of the 11 by 17s I made too, you can print like three pages and get a good chunk of stuff. Try heavy cardstock and see how well it holds mm-hmm. up because it's like it's like two yeah. bucks a sheet. And one right. of the things that I, I like I try to do because I'm ultimately I'm like the printable heroes website it's which is just printableheroes.com it's like there's a bunch of stuff we to plug there. your shit I Marshall well, I know <laughs> I'm trying to you know but no, please do it's it's free you plug your shit on this league of ultimate questing think, side project uh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that I'm trying to say it's like it's a very useful tool where like yeah you can just for you can just go there for free you don't have to pay me any money you just go there and there's a bunch of you just want goblins for a game and you're just like I just need them for this session I don't need to keep them or even if I want to keep them it's like I don't know if I'm gonna use them again like they're free just grab them and play your damn game you know yeah no totally and then if you do want to pay money then sure that's I'd love that but you can just print them off I have to make 100% sure to to explain to you why I'm asking for ways to make normal printer paper sturdy and that is because like all people I only print using the printer at my work because I am a thief yeah me too and treat my company like garbage (laughs) so um I need to find a way to make their low cost garbage printer and ink valuable to me there you go I just want you to understand why they have glue sticks uh no but they should because yeah. I'm sure I can find like two or three sheets of paper and stick them together <laughs> and they will become thicker. Yeah. I am sure I can find a way to justify why IT the IT department needs glue sticks, sticks. and then bam, I made like Boom. money. Done. That's, a, done. that's it. Done. Oh yeah. Sorry. The thing I was going to say with mm, that sorry. is that like the website is free, but even if you were to subscribe and join my Patreon, it's like you get access to 
everything I've ever made. So mm -hmm. for $1, you get access for everything that I've made for the last four years at $1. Like, it's really, it's think of it like, like a Netflix resource where it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, I want to watch this today. It's like, that's what's there. You know, it's not like you have to use it and lose it. It's just there. Well, and the it's color so variants are super cool, though, because you can be like, I really need 10 drow. I can look at this cool, like, elf ranger you made and just switch the color to be a drow. If somebody told me about your business model and, and, and I, I hadn't heard anything about it, I would have assumed that you pulled in, like, a tiny bit but looking at your fucking patreon and seeing your number of subscribers and shit i'm like jesus christ Dude, okay that's me every day i like wake <laughs> up and i look i'm like god I, this is still working somehow like a dock yeah. on wood like still going but and that's because it's that's because it's incredibly reasonably priced like uh, uh, like a buck or three for some amazing I, shit really, the three bucks a month for like unlimited really good look like I, I went to art school. I have a degree in art. Marshall's artwork is fucking incredible. <laughs> Thank you. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's useful. It's art that's useful, yeah. which is, like, I mean, yeah. like, art is great to look at. Like, trust me, like, when I see a piece of art that just, like, moves me, and I'm like, oh, why, why am I wasting my life? I want to do that. Mm. That's that's art. And then there's useful art, which is like, oh, I can actually do something with this. It's not just sitting up on a wall. I can print it out and run around and tell a story with my friends. It's like you know? a painting you can eat nachos off exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally. Yeah. That is the only reason I can think of owning art, is to eat nachos off it. Specifically nachos. Dude, or yeah, like, Mona Lisa just folded, you know, like, like a plate. Or like the and clockwork just... orange where the milk comes out of the statue's nipples. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. We practical need more art. Practical, functional art. If you're art. making non-functional art, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of, I kind of believe that it's like ah you know like there are artists that do amazing shit you know it's like when you hear a song and you know like tears are going down your eyes like that there, there's right. artists that i cry like a little painting. bitch when i'm listening to the radio too yeah, yeah. i get like that way listening to like an anime theme and i don't even like anime <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah don't get started I, I could talk about some esports games of league of legends i've watched that like i'm just like this is this is poetry this man. Is <laughs> but, yeah we don't need to go there but uh functional art it's uh, by the way, this entire session I've been sitting here with right next to Law's head is specifically the miniature of the purple worm that uh, Marshall here did for uh, the Cult of the Maw, which is a fucking amazing module that we do on League of Ultimate Questing. And it looks so goddamn good, and it's so up my alley specifically. Like, my shelf is covered in miniatures, and this thing pops off. It really does. Like, it stands the fuck out. Like, you've got this fucking, like, beholder right above it. You've got these dragons, but my eye was going right to that. That's another utility of the, the 2D color palette that you can't get with a paintbrush is you get all the depths from your photo coloring. Mm -hmm. And man, it just looks good. The little little yeah. mom. I'm glad that the last chunk of this podcast has just been literally us sucking Marshall's dick. I'm loving here. it, guys. I'm <laughs> loving it. But let me really quick. I want to. One of the cool things, and this is kind of like um, we're going to talk about cool stuff now. Oh shit! <laughs> well, one of those like you know, kind of like all all seas rise is like as fifth edition got more popular and more artists are realizing like holy shit, I can make useful art that people will use for their D&D games and I can mm -hmm. maybe make some money on it is that there's starting to be a lot of other amazing like paper crafters and paper miniatures uh Trash Bob Minis is mm -hmm. um another guy Jess he's actually local to Portland who does yeah they're very they're very cartoony I love them the style's yeah. really fun he's uh, uh if you like like the, the style of like Pokemon like that is his inspiration oh, yeah. really like everything he does is just some incredible and he does uh, yeah an amazing amount of minis and uh and like digital maps are getting way more popular yeah, like I'm trying to make videos to teach people to make them in Photoshop because if more people make them then there's just more in the world I have, to a, use. I have a hot take on digital maps like if you have any drawing ability whatsoever on a grid just start a fucking patreon and you are making money like you're just printing it at that point like because when you think about it like people will be picky about like what represents their character or what represents their monster but they are less picky and they just they like everyone's gonna need like oh i need this kind of specific you know decrepit building or i need this ruins or i need a cave that kind of looks like this but has this and it's like 
there are so many people out there looking for a map to represent what they want mm. to use whatever their mini of choices on there that it's like I, I feel like every day I look and there's like some new map creator that I'm like that dude's pulling in 2k a month and he started two days ago like this mm -hmm. is crazy it's like, not a bad know. fucking idea if you make it, then there it is. It exists now. No, yeah. I was really worried you were going to go full field of dreams there, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I don't encourage anyone coming. <laughs> I had an, actually a really good idea for a sign-off thing that I wanted to do from now on, and I completely forgot what it was, and I'm really upset because oh, it was shit. really, really That's good. both useful information and air content. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, if you think of it, please share, because I would love that. It's Yeah, it was good. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, holy shit, we could do this every episode. It's going to mm. be great. And then it just, <laughs> gone. It was a loud pop. That was a good You're pop. You're welcome. I like that. That was a suck <laughs> pop. I'm, I'm yeah. more of the blow pop kind of guy. But... Yeah, no, it's 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 hard to do it right. Um, one of my favorites is the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Mine are very muted. Uh, that's that. I, I, I The only reason I learned how to do that is because my friend Derek, whenever he was talking about a boxing match, he would always be like, and then he just... Knocks him out. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about it being tongue-in-cheek to do this, but I'm like, that's my fucking finger. It's not my tongue. It's a bad joke. <laughs> Don't you love that when you're like, you have a great gag, and then you realize, and man. And you're drunk. And then you're drunk, and that's it. And you're drunk. Just to get back to usable content. One of the things that I'm really excited about as, you know, D&D &D and paper miniatures, and like, uh, there's just more creators, more artists getting involved, is like, I mean, and this kind of goes back to what you were talking about with, like, you want to do, like, a fucking fantasy western game with a bunch of humans and, like, the rare monster. It's mm -hmm. Where are you going to find minis for that, you know? Yeah. But one of the cool things, I mean, I think about video games. There's the same first-person shooter has been done with so many different artistic styles. Mm -hmm. Or the same, like, basically a JRPG, you know, has been done with so many different, like, uh, Final Fantasy 2, you, know, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but we're starting to see so many more artists come to the table with new art styles and, like, a new look. Like, Trash Mob Minis has a very Pokemon look. And then there's going to... Um, there's a few guys that are doing like kind of like dark horror, which is something mm -hmm. that like is always that's like my like little secret. I want to just do that. I want to roll on that. You know, I want to see you do horror. Oh, someday I'm, I'm gonna find the time. But it's just like there's. Uh, I mean, if, no one's doing Redwall yet. Oh my God! Someone start doing some little mouse. <laughs> to be fair, um, what are they? The, the company name is right on that thing over there. Uh, dark Sword. Uh, they have some really good. Like short, squatty oh, yeah, animal yeah. miniatures. They're gorgeous. I think I have seen some of their. I, I love them. But there's not that much. You're right. There yeah. could be more. Yeah, I'm surprised that like that, that hasn't been a role, uh, a world that we have you know rolled in more. I wanted to play Mouse Guard so bad. It, I don't know why it, seems it sounds great. So good. I want to play a hedgehog wizard who's a hedge wizard. Oh man! Oh, that's yes, so good. Named Bartleby. I don't know Bartleby. what it is. Oh, I am not. Funny. I am not a kind of person who likes anthro shit at all. But for some reason, something about Mouse Guard and Redwall just like I'm just like yep. Well, 100% sign me up. I think I'm there because, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, like uh, tabaxi or, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, excite me at all. It doesn't really work for me. Like, I get other people are into it. But uh, when it comes to, like, like red wall, mouse guard, like, that, it takes it out of the anthropomorphic, and it's, like, that's still a mouse. It's just a yeah. mouse in armor. Yeah, they're just to acting a, like a person. They're not. Yeah, it's not, like, a weird human mouse that, like, yeah, wants they're to not... have sex with me. It's, like, it's, it's a, you know. <laughs> there's a very specific call <laughs> out you. to that's people in that so fandom. <laughs> Thank God this doesn't want to fuck me. <laughs> oh, alternatively. Okay, so for me, there's two ends of the spectrum yeah, yeah. that are good, and anything in the middle freaks me the fuck oh, out. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is There is literally just, okay, it's a mouse that can hold a sword, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a then, mouse that fucks. <laughs> and on the opposite end of the spectrum for me, did you ever read Black Sad? 
Yes. Black oh. Sad, uh, it's a graphic novel. It's one of the best. They're anthropomorphic. All they have is basically animal heads and yeah. slight animal features. Mm-hmm. I love that I was shit. A gun- I was literally so, just about to talk so, about it. So fucking so good. good. It's one it, of the best consistent art comics oh, I've ever read. It's yeah. such a good goddamn And for so 20 good. years of my life, comic books were everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on that shelf right over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I gotta Amazing. say, anything in between those two tries to fuck you. It's very They're dangerous. all trying to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't have anything except those two without feeling gross. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. When you Seriously. said I don't like anthro, but I do like this, I was gonna say and then black sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That being totally. said, hey, if, if if furry stuff is your thing, I I all the power to you. I will not yuck your yum ever. Ever. Yeah. You I get yeah, it. I sure. get it. There was there was a solid eighteen minutes or so in my life where I looked at Jessica Rabbit and I'm like, uh huh. And then I was like, mm, never mind. She's not a rabbit though. She's a human. <laughs> what? Jessica Rabbit? Or sorry, not Jeff, Jessica Rabbit. Excuse me. You're Holy shit. Lola, Lola Bunny. Bunny. Lola Bunny. Fuck I, me. I like that I knew which rabbit you were talking about. <laughs> oh, God, Look, yeah. if we're going to talk about fuckable rabbits, <laughs> you know, law, law is the authority. We're not going off of the name rabbit. We're right, going right, off of right. The, mm, ugh. I mean, to be fair, Jessica Rabbit's, <laughs> Jessica Rabbit's obviously a... Uh, she's a cartoon okay. to start with. Okay. Yeah, 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 Lola yeah. Bunny is my... Is my <laughs> Look, I was raised on Biker Mice from Mars. If I didn't want to fuck something with fur, then I just, I'm just not... I wasn't raised in the right era. I like how Biker... Those the biker mice from Mars uh-huh. was like three steps of separation from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because right. there was like Teenage Pizza Cats or whatever. Samurai oh yeah, pizza Samurai cats. Pizza Cats, and then that was like ripped off into the. Oh, don't forget about Street Sharks. Oh, I don't. Street Sharks were more of the Battle Toads ripped yeah, off. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think for a great wrap up, you were talking about like the things that are changing and stuff. What would what is your hope? for the future of the tabletop game. Like, what would you love to see in, like, a year or two really start to be, like, a bigger thing based on what you've learned and what you want to just see changed? Well, I mean, like, the thing that I'm the most excited about, just personally, is just seeing all the different art styles that are going to start to come to bear, like, both with maps and mm-hmm. with paper miniatures. I mean, I my my dream is that, like, paper miniatures start hitting a style and there becomes a way of manufacturing them that kind of come standardized at a quality level and a, and a price point that it is essentially, yeah, like the dollar store to the Walmart. Like it's something that's sure. affordable, that fits a niche. Like, yeah, if you have money, you can buy the cool stuff, yeah. which is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. But then if you don't, and you just want to be able to have something on your table that looks good, but doesn't break the bank and you don't want to spend hours painting, like that's the, the dream, I think, is when we can start producing paper miniatures at a price point and a quality level that, you know, just makes it viable for people to use to just, you know, be able to jump in and tell a story quickly and affordably. And uh, and then, you know, we hit that and we can start hitting, you know, different art styles because wow, yeah. like, you want to tailor it to your game. Yeah. And it's like, and it's so hard, like the production costs to make 3D models and mm-hmm. print them out or to sculpt something. And learning the difference between 3D modeling and 2D drawing. Yeah, it, it, was, I did that huge. in school. It sucks. Yeah, it's a huge, <laughs> I mean, it's a, uh, the, the price point of that and then the time commitment to paint that is like big companies are not going to be able to afford to hit all the little variants of, of a genre to really hit horror horror to then hit like you know mouse horror to hit mouse guard to hit mouse horror new genre Dude. I want to play in a horror mouse guard Dude, I mean everything for a mouse is horror I mean everybody sure. wants to eat you anyhow but uh yeah like and but with 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 art with paper miniatures is like yeah there, you can draw anything and as long as you're willing to draw the ass of that thing you can have front and back and you're good to go you know it's... you start with, I start with the ass yeah. <laughs> as we've already established first. The, the ass is everything we've yeah, gone full circle yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brought it back another thing with like D&D about seeing new art styles is like things with like fandoms mm-hmm. like Critical Role and other podcasts and things is it's making so many people more comfortable with their own ability to like draw fan art mm-hmm. that totally. I get like just watching like an episode you get subjected to so many new art styles it's like spending a month 
on like deviant art totally like and there people are learning and trying really hard because they can picture these images in their mind and something about the relatability of D gives people the confidence to become artists yeah like out of nowhere and i love that even people are like i've only drawn for like a couple years but i want to draw your character i'm like yes oh, yes, that, yes can i can i also just say how remarkable i find it that that people who have a fandom can through sheer force of word generate resources generate art just by saying something mm-hmm. they say some loose vague concept on a podcast once and thousands of people all start generating creative power well, and what's doing amazing shit. about it is like it's it really it's a it's a community it's like it's like we're all speaking the same language it gives mm. us a language that we can all share which it's is a storytelling zeitgeist exactly mm-hmm. and uh shoot i had a wonderful point i was gonna get to fuck your point i know it's gone <laughs> it's gone forever I didn't mean to drop that hot zeitgeist reference. That was a good one. That was a good. That was some slick shit to knock his idea out. Sorry. So good. So <laughs> attack of opportunity. We never really. So it's funny. We we talked about the format of this podcast like four times, and we never thought, and how we do we want to sign off? Yeah, we sucked <laughs> ass at it. Okay, so let's go down the people first. First, if you guys are interested in what Marshall Short is doing, please look at printableheroes.com. His work is unfucking believable, ridiculously reasonably priced, and very easy to manufacture for you. It's like it's the only the only reason I haven't done it yet is just because I wasn't sure if I had a way to make it Zach proof because I. I am so destructive to my shit, but you're already telling me that there's a way to spray on fucking sealants that'll that'll make it so that my fucking Mountain Dew and Cheeto stains don't destroy my fucking work. And a bucket buck lamination at Kinko's. Yeah, so go to printableheroes.com, check out their Patreon. It's it's so good. Look at the artwork and you will want to buy. <sighs> yeah, I mean I I don't like to spend money on art unless I absolutely have to. And honestly, I'm very I'm already going to do that as soon as I get to work tomorrow. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, this is this has been uh, D20 Questions mm-hmm. with Slapdash Studios. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Law. Uh, I'm the editor, and Law is our creative director. He's the one who's generated all those beautiful, beautiful fucking graphics. If you guys like listening to real play D&D games, you've probably heard about this podcast through the League of Ultimate Questing, but in the off chance that that got reversed and you came here first for some reason, uh, please check out the League of Ultimate Questing. It's a really fun uh, themed podcast in which the adventurers are part of a professional sports league of questing in which they get monitored at all times and projected to the masses and they compete to rise in the ranks and there's a lot of like political intrigue and story background stuff. And fake in-world commercials that are just fucking killer. They're so so much fun to make. Dude, their commercials are amazing. Like, I was when they first told me about it, I was like, ah. And then I started hearing their commercials, and I was just like, I, I will sign up just for this. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, is there a Patreon yet? Just, I just want more of this, just these commercials. But then I started listening to the the stories and getting into the characters, and yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a really fun world to kind of explore, and just a concept of like uh, a live game show just played out and they it mixes a great narrative uh with uh, just this fun i'm lacking the word but like the interplay <laughs> of uh, sports broadcasting yeah. with adventuring like it, it's it's a concept of it's like one of those like stoner things where i'm glad like, you like it <laughs> yeah no it's good I, I enjoy it yeah and if you do really like the podcast there will be a patreon in the near future the launch of this podcast will probably coincide somehow with that and with like some of the rewards you can like look at people's like character sheets or get magic items some of the maps that i've made you can find it at the luq.com or you can go to slap studios.com to find out uh, all of our other projects like our youtube and things like that the biggest thing we need right now though and especially 
especially because it's the first episode. Oh my God, that means we need as much initial support as possible. Spread the word. Give us, if you can leave a review, if you can send it to a friend, the more listens we get in these first couple of weeks, the more fucking power we have. And that's what we need is power to destroy and crush our enemies and see them driven before us and the tears and hear the lamentations and tears of their children and women. It's close enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, word of mouth. Uh, if we can grow, we can get more and more interesting, cool, super guests. It's not like this boring schluck over here. Seriously. No. Yeah, uh, not this shit. Yeah, you got Honestly, the like here. for the first guest we could have, Marshall is like pick of the litter. I hope uh, we get fucking dog. I hope we get just fucking so crazy famous and Marshall's sitting there thinking, God, I'm glad I get on in the first episode. Right. Now the millions of listeners who just die for every episode of fucking D20 questions get to hear me first. Dream, dream <laughs> oh, big. Um, but yeah, uh, we have new episodes of uh, the League of Ultimate Questing come out every Monday. Bonus content on Friday. The schedule for D20 questions will come out at the time that the podcast comes out, but we're not going to lay it down in stone right now. Uh, Please tweet us at slap the dash mm-hmm. and you can uh, hashtag D D 20 Q for this particular podcast yeah, or send us questions to admin at slap dash studios.com. Absolutely. We and love your questions. Anytime we are tagged in at slap the dash or anytime you tag L U Q um, we're going to be, uh, we're still trying to determine the specific rules, but I'm interested in the idea of putting your name in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think when we're starting, we would be happy to share your name and even give you like a little plug. If your questions are super tasty, um, for things like that, we're happy to talk. About I'd stuff. like to start doing shout outs for all of our podcasts when people like hash, ha- like hashtag when you tag our, our business. Yeah. When you tag our, our junks, tag our junk, uh, get out your cattle prod, tag our <laughs> junk, and we will make you involved with us and we can keep growing and questing together as we do in the League of Ultimate Questing. This has been such a fucking Mopar, just just, just bullshit fucking thrown together outro. Yep. This is like the magician is like pulled the rabbit out and now he's pulling out like this weird tapestry and then he's got like a bag of beet chips. And he's yeah, like, like, when is rabbit. he going to stop pulling shit out of his head? The rabbit's now just like running around the room you know, through the audience and he's like, yeah. the rabbit's gone. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rabbit is, gone. Ra- is feral now. <laughs> the rabbit has become feral. Awesome. Uh, join us next time on D20 Questions when we teach you that you cannot spell Forgotten Realms without a rotten meal. I don't know. We're, we're still trying to improvise our intros, outros. Um, join us next time on D20 Questions where we teach you the difference between a air method and a fart. Hmm. Uh, join us next time on D20 Questions where we teach you how to drider in the front and delver in the back. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, you got to give that to me, the whole thing. Top no, I don't, yeah, like, yeah. I don't like, I don't like the okay, 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 going. Okay. Uh, join us next time on D20 Questions where we show you to how to measure the radius of an enchanted forest by finding the centaur. That's it. That's it. Yeah, just silence <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Walk away. Walk away.